the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Let's look at our text. We're going to actually be looking at verses 10 through 17 of chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. And if you will stand as we go through the reading of our text. Paul's writing to Timothy. He says, Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecution, and suffering, such as happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. You may be seated. So there's the warning. Timothy, you must not give way to the assault of heresy or allow yourself to be swept up in the carnal, man-centered culture of that church you're in. Now let's look at verse 10 and 11. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, hope, love, perseverance, persecution, and suffering such as happened to me at Antioch and Iconium. And at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. You followed. God had given Timothy a godly mentor, a role model. And that's good when God allows it. But not all of us get that right away. Some of us go a long time without having that. You know, I think that the reason for that, that God doesn't always hand that out, Some of us didn't have a father or a mother that was godly. Some of us were raised in uh, ungodly homes or situations or maybe even carnal homes. And I think part of the reason 
that God doesn't allow that to happen more often than he does is because our humanity is inclined to follow flesh rather than spirit. And we get it in our heads that somebody is a godly man, so we'll set our sights in imitating and being like that godly man. And what we're doing is we're following flesh. That is a mistake. Paul was mentored. (laughs) He was mentored by the Spirit of God. God allowed him to go out into the wilderness and brought him into truth with a hands-on revelation through the Spirit of God. But Timothy, he was raised in a home with a grandmother and a mother that loved the Lord. They were Jewish, and so from early on, he was raised in the Scriptures. And they taught him who God was. They taught him. They were looking at the Old Testament. They taught him the character of God. And they loved their God. It was part of their identity. So he says to them, you followed. The word followed in the Greek actually means to walk alongside of, to study, to duplicate the movements of. Paul wrote in Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, he says, Therefore I exhort you, be imitators of me, for this reason I have sent you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of the ways which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, again, Paul's not talking about duplicating his humanity. What was it that Timothy knew and understood that he could take to every church just as Paul did? Jesus. Timothy was coming forward with an understanding of the Spirit of God. And here's the thing. You know, I can tell you about the Spirit of God. The Word of God can tell you about the truth of God. But until you embrace what the Spirit of God is teaching you, until you begin to walk in it in obedience... You'll only know about it, you won't know. Timothy walked with Paul. And that's the Greek implication, not just just alongside, but literally he was attached to Paul. But it wasn't Paul he was attached to. I don't think it was Paul he was attracted to. From all we know about Paul, he could be a pretty abrasive guy. I think he fell in love with Paul's Jesus. And he followed him so he could see Paul's Jesus. And Paul, remember, Paul was the herald of the new covenant. So what Paul was teaching and preaching was scripture. Timothy was drinking it in. So don't look at it as Paul saying, I want you to be sure and act like me. And it also says, Paul writes this actually in the aortist tense, which implies you have followed me and you follow me still. And he writes, you have followed my teaching. And the Greek word there is talking about doctrine and divine truth. Paul was teaching the word of God as revealed by the spirit of God. And Timothy was faithfully following it. You followed my conduct, which means my manner of life, my behavior and my lifestyle. And again, the emphasis is not on Paul's humanity. It wasn't how Paul mounted the donkey or folded his tent. He may have learned that from Paul. But as one teacher put it, Paul's doctrine was in harmony with his style. Now, this is what we we need to understand. 
For Paul, it wasn't just what he knew. It wasn't just what the Lord revealed to him. It was the way he lived. And Paul, Paul's identity wasn't in his humanity. So you wouldn't, you would not want to just focus on his humanity. You would want to focus on that light, that life that lies beyond. Because Timothy knew Paul better than anybody at that time. Do you think maybe he knew that Paul had a few weaknesses? You think maybe he knew that Paul wasn't perfect? Maybe he had an idea that Paul was literally encased in flesh. Maybe he knew that. Yet Timothy followed. And you know what he saw? You know what this being named right there? Not the character of Paul's humanity, but the character of Christ. And you know why that is so huge? Because he could say to Timothy, listen, listen, in the same way that I, I express the character of Christ, in the same way I was able to be patient, the same way I was able to love, the same way I was able to comfort, the same way I was able to endure, all of these things are in you, Timothy. Just live it out like I lived it out. Trust that God will be there and do those things just like he did with me. You see, Paul's not calling Timothy to pull himself up by his own bootstraps and become something. He's not telling Timothy to become something up here. And that's what you hear so often from the pulpit, especially with a verse like this. Oh, well, you know, we want to imitate Paul, so you want to be those things. Well, good luck. Try to express the character of Christ in your humanity. And it won't work. And you'll be in frustration. And you'll think that God has called you to something you can't possibly do. Well, you know what? He called you to your new creation being that was absolutely created to express all that Christ is at any given time, under any circumstances, that was never, ever, ever hindered by the frailty of your flesh. And that's huge, isn't it? Because it doesn't matter what God asks you to do. Faithful is he who called you who will also do it. He will do it. See, ministry is not just what you teach or what you profess. It's how you live. Timothy knew Paul's imperfections better than anybody, but he followed Paul's faith, the same faith that carried Paul, even when Paul's behavior wasn't all that it should be. Make it more than words you know. Make it your life. Make it your passion. Paul tells Timothy, you followed my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my perseverance, my persecution, and my suffering. And then he writes in Galatians 2.20, he says, I, Paul, have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live With good conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance. And in the midst of persecutions and sufferings, I now live in faith. I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Well, that's how Paul did it. That's how you do it. You know that you have the same life and strength within you. It's the same vine that you're on. The exact same vine. 
My faith could also be translated my faithfulness, which is birthed out of faith, like I mentioned earlier. A faith that, that trusts that Christ's life will express itself in patience, in steadfastness, in unwavering faith in the midst of hostility. He says, you follow me in my love. Do you know what that love is? It's agape, the Greek word that describes who God is, really. It's a love that has its source in God alone. It's unconditional. It's supernatural. And I want to tell you that everything that Paul names that Timothy is following him in, he's following him in it because he shares the same spirit that Paul shares. And the love is God's love. So it's like scripture says, if you're going to love an enemy, you better agape an enemy, right? Because you can't do it in your humanity. You're not called to live out of this flesh. The other thing, he talks about my persecutions and my sufferings. He was with him in that. And the thing is, if all that attracted Timothy was Paul's personality and strength, I think that's where the attachment would have ended, don't you? I mean, Timothy nursed Paul back to life a couple of times. He medicated the guy's beaten back. He watched all that Paul went through physically. And as I've said many times, Paul, without the strength of the Spirit of God, holding that frail frame upright, would have died after the first run. Paul had a supernatural strength. It wasn't his own. And you know, Timothy was not stupid. He could look at that and figure it out. There's no way Paul should have survived all of that. There's no way that Paul should have the strength to walk back into it again. If Paul was trying to protect his body, if Paul's identity was in his body, he would have given up the ministry after the first couple of weeks. Because the body was taking all the hits. But everything that came against the body met the strength of God. And while they may have thought they could kill him, They couldn't take life from him. And they certainly couldn't take his body until God was ready for him to go. So, Timothy watched Paul go through persecutions. He watched him suffer. And yet he followed. How else could you describe that? Now, I look at us, you you know, in my own life. Could I even begin to impress you with what I have suffered in light of what Paul has suffered? But I want to tell you something. I don't stand in my strength. It's not about my ability in the flesh to endure anything. It's a recognition that gives me hope, peace, and confidence. It says no matter what this world brings against me, Christ is bigger and his life is within me. Not more than that. Christ is not letting the world come at me in this angle and that angle and and trying to push me into a place where he wants me to be. Christ is just revealing the fact that his strength within me is greater than that which is coming against me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you know what? He's not just residing there. He's in union with who you are. Not the you you think you are, but the you he made you to be for eternity. The beautiful you that he loves, that he likes, that he enjoys. That's why he's there. 
Yeah, if uh, it had been about Paul, following Paul's personal humanity, his strength, he would, have, he would have left. And why does Paul specifically mention Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? Because the persecution for Paul had actually begun in those three cities. Lystra was actually Timothy's hometown. So it's where it all began, all the hostility, where hostility is first recorded. And Paul reminds Timothy that the Lord rescued him, which is a quote from Psalms 34, 19. This is a key point because Timothy cannot endure on WWPD. What would Paul do? He can't endure on it. But he can sure endure with the strength of Paul knowing I've got the same God living in me. He is my life just as he was Paul's. Because Galatians 2.20 isn't just specific to Paul. It's about every believer who's been born again into Christ. The life you now live, you live by faith. Look at verse 12 and 13. This is where he says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, I want you to notice that this is not talking about all Christians. Just all who desire to live to live a godly life. And look where that life is lived. In Christ Jesus, not in the body, but in Christ Jesus. All who desire to live in the truth of their life in Christ will face opposition, will face persecution, will face those things coming against their body. It's going to happen. But if you get out there and live like the world, You may come to church on Saturday or Sunday, but you've got the same affinities that the world does. They can't tell the difference unless you just happen to tell them. Well, how much persecution are you really inspecting? And will a person like that actually stand if he's ever confronted or she's ever confronted? Will they? You see, the way is narrow. But the people who are in the wide way say, look what I avoided. Oh, no, you didn't avoid anything. You're marching headlong into destruction. And the people in the narrow way are walking as more than conquerors in the train of Christ himself. With an indestructible life covered in frail flesh. Facing whatever comes at them with the confidence of David. Knowing that whatever comes is so much smaller than what it might encounter in Christ. We can have confidence. The world doesn't hold it. We can have hope. The world really doesn't know it. We can have joy and the world can't ever take it. We don't live from happiness. We don't live from the things of this world. We have a nurture that they don't know about, that Jesus talked about. It is from the vine itself, which is our life. We can look at how things are going south in our economy. We can look at how things may be going south in the government. We can look at how the world is becoming more and more callous and wicked and unorganized. Whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to look at. 
But this is not our home. And we, we, child of God, will never die. Paul says, I'm torn betwixt two. Whether to stay here, keep demonstrating Jesus and showing you this conquering life, or go ahead and lay this old body down and go see him face to face. I'm not sure there's a downside on either one of those. What a perspective. I mean, is that not just totally alien to what we know today? But I want to tell you something. What Paul lived is the normal Christian life. People say, well, that was St. Paul. Well, guess what? It's true of you too, St. Todd. It's true of you, St. Susan. It's true of all of you who are born again. You're saints. You're not sinners saved by grace. That's somebody that's holding on to both ends of of a snake. The reality of it is that we are, we are saints. That's what God calls us. So, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And again, he's not just talking about all Christians, or he's not talking about all Christians. He's just talking about those who desire to live in Christ Jesus. John 15, verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, If the world hates you, You know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Who chose who there? He chose us. I chose you out of the world because of this the world hates you. You are the chosen. And the world hates the chosen. The evil men mentioned in verse 13 are the men that Paul describes in verses 1 through 8. And they get progressively worse. Their deception grows and their wickedness increases as does their influence. And you know, we see this exemplified in all forms of wickedness and sin. You know, the alcoholic doesn't reach a level place where he can just enjoy life. The drug addict doesn't just reach a level place where he can just enjoy life. The guy who's addicted to pornography doesn't reach a a level place where he can just enjoy life. The truth of the matter is that wickedness and sin will increase if it is welcomed. If it is embraced. It will. And you know, so many of the Christian community don't, don't get that. They think they can play and flirt with sin in the world. And that somehow that's all going to work itself out. But there's so many dangers besides getting entrapped in some addiction. There is the addiction of getting entrapped and living according to the flesh. It's not just what you inflict upon yourself. It's what you literally avoid. What you literally walk away from. You aren't living in the abundance that Christ gave you. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And too many Christians don't have a clue what that means. They think it's heaven someday. If you could wake up tomorrow and know that no matter what you face, no matter what comes at you, that you could be assured of the abundance of all that Christ is in your life, do you think you could be happy? I bet I could. You see, that's why Paul could sit in that dark, ugly hole, and it didn't change his point of view at all. Verse 14, speaking to Timothy, he says, You, however, 
Continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You see, godliness is not just taught. Learning is not godliness. Living is. And I know a lot of parents who send their kids off to Christian school are very disappointed with that because they thought learning would translate into godliness, but not necessarily. There's a path we must walk, and we walk it by faith. We must choose because everything that we learn just goes into this, in, in this head, into this soul. But everything that the Spirit of God affects in us is written upon our hearts. You see, here's the thing. It's so cool because when we think that just reading scripture or doing the going to church and things like that are just stuff we stick in the brain, but it's not. And we think that we want the Spirit of God to come and give us some special revelation on a scripture or enlighten us concerning a specific passage that will change the way we live. We think we want that too. But I'm going to tell you exactly what He does. The Spirit of God does not point outside of you. He points within you. He points to your heart. And that's what the Word of God does. It's God coming in both ways because the Spirit of God ratifies the Word of God and the Word of God is written upon your heart and you look at that truth and you say, That's me! Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.